It's funny because more recently searching for that inner knowing, but like externally. I'm Katie. I'm Kylie. And this is You're You're Not Not Paranoid. Paranoid. It's possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. I do have twins in my family lines mm-hmm. on my mom's side my aunts are twi- i have twin aunts and then on my dad's side i had great great grandpas that were i think twins but i think one of them passed so i technically i could have been a twin mm-hmm. that you're saying i possibly <laughs> ate because <laughs> no that let back up in the isn't that the thing where in the womb one of the eggs can engulf the other egg i think so and sharks, because they're not, or like the, I've heard the sharks, eggs. shark babies can eat each other. Mm-hmm. Like they fight and that's their nutrients in order to survive and make it out the mm-hmm. womb. Mm-hmm. Is it still a womb if the they're hoo-ha? not <laughs> out the hole, the egg hole? <laughs> Is it still a womb if they're not bacon in the womb? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's what do they call that? The egg holder. The egg holder. <laughs> <laughs> the egg carton. The incubator. The incubator, yeah. Correct. Anyways, I don't think so. I hope my mom would tell me if I was a twin <laughs> well, you might who not may have, have even known. been a baby shark and ate my... Yeah, you never know. Oh, you mean my mom might not know? Yeah, because it would have happened so quick. Oh, dear. Or, so, or early on. Yeah. We're saying this because... <laughs> <laughs> There's a funny reflection that's also creepy that's occurring right now. And when Kylie puts her hand in front of it, there are two hands going towards shadow. each other in the shadow. It's like a shadow reflection and my hand looks Ooh. not to scale and it's creepy. They look like creepy baby. Creepy baby hands, which actually even in real life, my hands kind of look like baby <laughs> hands. So it's not so far off, especially when I put my hand on my own face. I look like it looks like a child is reaching up and touching my <laughs> hand, like in pictures. So that, random. That could be your tether. Ooh, no. <laughs> like on um Us. Us. Did you see it? Yeah. I did. This is weird. We've huh? talked about this. Did we? I think so. Yeah. The yeah, because we had like a whole episode oh, about yeah, yeah. I think. <laughs> we talk I mean, our life is kind of like a podcast. So mm-hmm. like does it was it recorded? It's just like a matter of was it recorded or not recorded. Yeah, that's true. Because these are the kind of things we talk about all the time anyways. Um, so, how are you doing? I'm aight. <laughs> I'm also aight. Long time no see. I will say, if it's okay, hmm. that everyone knows, maybe they don't know, I'm getting married this year. Indeed. Katie's a bridesmaid. Indeed. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I said yes to the dress this week. Ooh, ooh. Which is so cliche, but I'm embracing it. Yeah, boy. It was pretty awesome. Yes. And I feel like this is a kind of a good preface for this episode or just setting the tone because this episode is going to be a lot of like, like, like earth shattering, like what? Like Mm self-realizations because this is an episode on Uh, the Enneagram test slash personality test for those who don't know. Personality testing. Yes. And looking, looking inward and outward and all around and all around within and around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the weird thing was just shopping. Long story short, went shopping was like, heck no. Am I going to actually commit to address on my first shopping experience? That's not my 
personality. That's not who I am. I try on all my options and then make a very sound decision based on my <laughs> way, the pros and cons. Mm -hmm. But instead, I found a dress that was not what I was expecting, which is also cliched, but everyone says that I feel like. And it was like such a freeing moment to just kind of go with what felt right mm. and the support of friends and family and like just hearing, you know, positive feedback and the kind of like, oh, like, you know, you think one thing of yourself and then you hear like, like you how see other people see you. Exactly. So like I see the reflection through my eyes and then to hear to see everyone else's view of me. It was like such a enlightening moment mm -hmm. of like, wait, you guys think I'm pretty? <laughs> like you think I look good? Like, oh, thank you. And then I was like, look at this. Look at that. I'm like, oh, I do see it. Oh, I do see it. Maybe I like I do like this does feel right. And it did feel right. But you need I need my personality quiz will will back me up here. <laughs> I need that like reassurance mm. because you're going to find out why. And it's actually this Enneagram test is scary accurate. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It makes you a little uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but also it's like a very weird process. I'm like, oh, am I that predictable? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but they, I mean, there's a reason, right? Mm -hmm. um, long story long, this came about, right, from that episode two episodes ago, maybe three episodes ago. Yeah, I can't remember. Where we talked about, the, I talked about the home edit and mm -hmm. how they took a personality quiz and I like, or it's actually, I would not even call this a quiz. This is a full on assessment. Yeah. It's a 40 minute, 144 questions, mm -hmm. cost $12 worth every penny. Look into your soul yep. and tell you who you are. Well, yeah, yeah we'll get into yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just have their like the... The, da, 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 the system like how the system works pulled up okay. did you read about it yeah i, I wrote down some stuff Ooh, about tell it. us oh uh, well it's probably the same things you have it's just so their website write. so you yeah can <laughs> it's the website Yours too. is probably a little more organized uh yeah so this is the what is it dot org or is it com uh dot com enneagram so, institute dot yeah. com all right so i had first heard about this on self-helpless and then brene brown did an episode However, she pulled it down because the person she had spoken with, who is an expert on Enneagrams, has been accused by like 30 some women of sexual harassment and assault. Oh, no. So maybe don't buy his book. His name's Christopher Huartz or something. He's out. So he's out, but the other people that do Enneagram stuff are in. Yeah, the <laughs> officials who are in the Institute, it's like a little. It looks like a little cabin in the woods, actually. Is you see their picture on their website of uh -uh. like the location? I'll show oh, you there's really like quick. a physical. Yeah, the testing center, oh. or maybe that's just the name of that link. <laughs> I could see it being. Uh, this is the oh, this is cult. it. It's like a little schoolhouse. Okay, well, this might be cult. This might be a cult, but it works. <laughs> <laughs> and we all like joining things that feel like we belong, right? Mm -hmm. That's how they get you, and that's why you're here. They're like, to we us. understand you. Come on in. <laughs> we'll prove it. Yeah, it's like magic. <laughs> Um, so the Enneagram test is um, based off of nine personality types mm -hmm. and the, they have like a very uh, in-depth synopsis of like kind of where they get these personality traits from or types. Mm -hmm. um, and some of it was kind of 
it was kind of depressing because yeah. it was kind of like you're basically like form these personalities at when you're a child and you can't really change it because mm-hmm. it's kind of ingrained into you. It's like your core of what you are. Yes. But like all like everyone could probably find themselves in all nine mm-hmm. person the way they call that pers- basic personality type. Mm-hmm. But they're saying which one are you most closely associated with? Yeah. And then they give you even other options after you take the test. But anyways, keep going. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, they say everyone is born with a dominant type, but research still doesn't know why yet. And then uh, about four or five is when your consciousness supposedly has developed enough so that you are able to have a separate sense of self. Hmm. Um, And so it's saying that our overall personality orientation reflects the totality of all of our childhood factors which are like genetics, um, like nature, or I guess that is nature, um, <laughs> Versus like nature. your environment, blah, blah, blah. And that all influences how your personality develops. Mm-hmm. And then they have the basic um, kind of like rules. Mm-hmm. Did you want, do you want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going. This is <laughs> um, great. They say that people can't change from one of the basic personality types to another um, the, even if you want to yeah so that's <laughs> I thought that was kind of the bummer part yeah because so I was answering the questions because they ask you to answer them in a way that you historically have been not mm-hmm. like what you want to be and yeah. all the answers are like this is what I want to change about yeah. myself <laughs> <laughs> but anywho's um they're saying the descriptions are universal so there's not like a masculine or a feminine type mm-hmm. Um, not everything in your personality description will apply to you because we as humans are constantly fluctuating between what they call the healthy, the average and the unhealthy versions of the personalities, mm-hmm. which I really liked that. Cause it's like, yeah. oh, like there's a, gr- like a good version of myself and a real bad version of myself. And mm-hmm. so you try to find where you are within that. Yeah. yeah. And I like too how they use it, be- the, like the verbiage, they ch- try really hard to not make it like sound negative yeah they're like well this is like a healthy version and then like unhealthy or like this is what you should strive to be and Mm -hmm. like at your best this is what you are and Mm -hmm. at your like at your unhealthiest yeah this is what you might be and then they kind of give you like some ways that could help you Mm -hmm. get out of the unhealthy state exactly um and then they also use the numerical system to show that neither like no personalities are better or worse. And then along with that, like it's a number system one through nine Mm -hmm. and one isn't mean that it's better than any of the other ones. Mm -hmm. So the numerical system doesn't have value in it of itself, but they used it because numbers are not biased. So Ah. like they wouldn't want to say like, this is the blah, blah, blah. I mean, they do have names associated with the numbers. Yeah. But I think they they're saying they try to use numbers so that like one personality doesn't appear to be right better than the other one. Yeah, they all have very positive and yes. very not desirable traits, <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion. Like, yeah, I want to say not desirable, but just very like um, hum- human, very mm-hmm. human traits for each one and they're all very separated and very defined which Mm -hmm. i love yeah (laughs) it's like yes that's exactly right yes unfortunately um and yeah so that's kind of like the what they or how they describe the process of the personality types Mm -hmm. 
Um, I don't know if you, there's, I have written down like what each one is. Oh yeah. No, we don't, I mean, we don't have to go into every single one. I think it would be more fun to okay. talk about us specifically. All right. Or if you want, you can, if they're oh, like, I was the, just going to name super, them. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, oh no, actually I didn't, I wrote down like this, I guess. And then so broke, so they put the numbers in a circle. It looks like a cult symbol. Yeah, it does look cultish. <laughs> um, and then I guess they draw um, lines to each ones that are like comp- either compatible or like um, if you're one or something, then mm-hmm. like your healthy version is, I'm just making this up, like the three and then there's a line and then like your unhealthy is like a six or something. Yeah. Something like that. So then, but they have also divided the circle into thirds. And then each third has like a representative characteristic. Mm-hmm. So the eights, nines, and ones, that's the instinctive center. Seven, six, five are the thinking center. And two, three, four are the feeling. Ah, I like and that. The, and so then they're saying... For those same centers, the, or, yeah, I guess. So, when, so they call it the loss mm-hmm. of your center. Then it flips to the opposite. Mm-hmm. So the eight, nines, and ones are anger or rage. Two, three, fours are shame. And five, six, sevens are fear. Ooh. When you lose your center. <laughs> That's a, yeah, so it was like the thing, and then the opposite is true too. What I was, saw was like the thing that, is your struggle the exact opposite is the fix mm-hmm. so like if your struggle is you know or what you just said yeah <laughs> so each it's, opposite become like that's your what they called like the unhealthy state versus yeah. the healthy state so it's like instinctive versus anger mm-hmm. feeling versus shame and thinking versus fear so like to fix your shame like you should go into your feelings mm-hmm. kind of thing is what i kind of got yeah. just from them which is cool you're yeah. like oh yeah, so it's not something to be afraid of. Yeah. Or anything, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Agreed. Shall we yeah. discuss ourselves? I feel like we could have gotten the same one. But I, know. I don't know if we <laughs> did curious. or not. <laughs> so we didn't tell each other. We no. took it um, ahead of time. And then we're like, let's talk about it live. Let's do it live. Mm-hmm. All right, let me get mine pulled up. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Um, you can go first. Since okay. I kind of did the the intro, the introduction. <sighs> so it's like it's crazy because this is actually I'm not going to share every detail because yeah. it's actually pretty intimate. Like mm-hmm. in terms of what you're finding out about yourself, and I've I'm trying to th- I didn't like script this the way I wanted to like write down notes, but it's like. You know, you want to know, I feel like going into this, I, or every time I take a personality test, I want to find something out of myself that I don't already know, mm-hmm. but instead all I do is get validated about what I already <laughs> am. <laughs> I'm well, like, tell me like, cause I tend to be like, I tend to be, you know, a little bit anxious and like focused on like getting things organized, whatever. And I'm like, tell me I'm like the cool chill girl. Like I secretly just want to be like the fun one who just goes along with, goes with the flow, like no big deal. Like maybe this time this personality test will tell me that all the other ones are wrong and I'm actually like really cool and chill mm-hmm. and fun, which I, I feel like I am, but yeah. to what extent? <laughs> and then you take it and you're like, oh, not only am I the way I th- I'm afraid I am, but <laughs> here's why, <laughs> which is, which is good because mm-hmm. it's good 
I am authentic to my personality, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or the test is working is really probably what's happening (laughs) here. But it's weird how these questions that seem so not like it's not obvious, like you can't necessarily you're not going to tell the level of detail the test is going to give you based on the questions they ask you. Yeah, because you choose between two like statements and neither one is necessarily negative. Mm -mm. So that's where it's like you can't really cheat Mm -mm. to try to get what you want to get. Yeah. But like one of them that sticks out to me, and they actually, I think they asked it twice. That's what I thought was kind of funny. One of them, for example, was like, when you get to a party, do you stand near the refreshments and wait for people to come to you? Or do you seek out the life of the party? Or do you just hang out with a couple of close friends? So something like that. Mm -hmm. So that's like, it's like none of them are wrong. Mm -hmm. But based on how you answer that question, plus a combination of all the other, you know, 143 questions, this will tell you, or I can't remember how many questions there are. Yeah, there was something like that. 100 and something. But actually went by really fast. Mm -hmm. And they say you have to take it all in one, just everybody who does take it. Um, You have to take it all in one shot because you don't, you can't come back. So if you... Don't if you run out of time, like you'll lose your twelve dollars. <laughs> yeah. So I made sure I was like not interrupted, had enough time, be honest with yourself, whatever. So my score, and of course, like Katie said, they have different types, right? And they actually score you numerically based on which type you are the most. Mm-hmm. So I technically have all nine types here, but in what order I am most that type, that's how this is. So I'm just gonna talk about the one that I got the top. Okay. Which was <laughs> Type six. Yep, me too. No way. <laughs> yeah. The loyalist. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> Dude. Oh my gosh. This is great. I always, it's so funny. I take another quiz, um, the one called 16 personalities. And I like that one too. This is a lot more in detail. It's just different details. Same kind of concept. Long story short. My other friend, I had her take the test too. I was like, take the test. I want to see how we're different. She had the same results as me. I'm like, <laughs> Do I just surround myself with the people who are the exact same as me? <laughs> or I'm the same as yeah. you and vice versa. And that's why we're friends. Like this is. Yeah. So basically. we understand we can just, each other. Exactly. We can just make this an open conversation. Okay. And since we're the same. Yeah. <clears throat> How, this, what were your points? Because um, I was pretty close to the other. I My six. Oh, oh, oh I see what you're saying. Is, was scored at 24. <gasps> I got 25. And then I, the, they called it a tie for the second one. Same. What were your ties? Three and five. Okay. I got one, two and three. Okay. So that's kind of different. Yeah. Three is the achiever and five is the investigator. So I feel like the loyalist achiever and investigator, I was like, that's probably a good way (laughs) to describe And you're like an R and D like investigator. Like that's so, that's real accurate. Mine, the type, I got tied between three, which are the helper, the reformer and the the achiever, which hmm. those are definitely, I feel like also who I am yeah. at my, like in my background, as you'll see going into this, but yeah, it's insane. So we're going to tell you guys, obviously, but like the description of type six essentially explains why we have this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like Seriously. I have the chills <laughs> talking about this. Like it's insane. So <laughs> This will be interesting, too, to see which parts we want to share. Okay. Right? Because then, I mean, it's it's both of us. So so I'll just read it. Generally, so they have general statements, conflicts, and at their best. I kind of want to say those just to set the tone. Mm -hmm. So I'll do the first one. Generally, sixes are reliable, 
hardworking, organizing, vigilant, dutiful, evaluating, persevering, cautious, anxious, believing, and doubting, conservative, and liberal. Mm-hmm. I liked those. Well, yeah, as we'll talk about to the anxious is something that I think I have a lot more of that I didn't realize. Yeah. The way they explained it, I'm like, oh, that's, that's anxiety. <laughs> that's why I feel like that. But I like the the believing and doubting and conservative and liberal. Yeah. Because I feel like when people have like hot button topics, I'm able to like see both sides and I don't get emotional about it. Same. And Brene Brown did a really interesting episode about like the t- like listening and to understand Mm -hmm. and she was talking about I don't know if she said it was leaders but it was like you know like the people that are good at listening and leader or like leaders should have the quality of holding opposing ideas at the same time Mm -hmm. and I feel like not in a bragging way but I feel (laughs) but I feel like I've always been able to do that but like remaining non-emotional same and that's why you're probably one of the only people I can have (laughs) discussions with on hot topics because we don't get hot-headed yeah and then it's funny seeing my dad who like cannot at all and (laughs) he gets like super like emotional about stuff and where it's like I can just sit back and play devil's advocate same because like I can see both sides that would be I feel like that would be a great podcast devil's Devil's Advocate. advocate Ooh. Maybe a side gig. Side gig. And then we just talk about like real hot topics. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I kind of oh, like that. The both If parts. that doesn't already exist, I'm just going to look that up. I'm so curious. Watch people are like, that's already a podcast. Well, there's, I mean, one that's like um, only political is called Left, Right, and Center, where they have someone from each oh, Left, cool. Right, and Center and they talk. Oh, and there's they... definitely <laughs> a podcast called Devil's Advocate. Oh. And her name is... Rosebud Baker. Oh, I've heard of her. And she has, she's like an angel with fire behind her. She looks real cool. I don't, is she a comedian or a like um, journalist? It's, well, it's on Wondery. So I feel like it's going to be a little spooky. Um, so she's a stand-up comic who okay. has been called a lot of things, a tiny demon, satanic <laughs> rascal, an atomic bulldozer. She may not be a good person, but she's a pretty funny one. Oh, we should definitely okay, listen to I've, this. I've heard, I've heard that name. Ah. So funny. Okay. Yeah, we should look into that. <laughs> Anyways, no longer doing that. That already exists. <laughs> Go check it out. I would like to. <laughs> back to the back to our uh, results here. Okay. So sixes get into conflicts, mm. which you and I both, I think, are anti-conflict. Yeah, so I'm it's like- kind of funny because this is so true. <sighs> they get into conflict by being pessimistic. Defensive, evasive, Mm -hmm. negative, worrying, Mm -hmm. doubtful, negative, reactive, suspicious, and blaming. Those are all of me. Those are all my (laughs) my worst sides. Yeah, but I don't get like you're saying. I'm very non-confrontational. So all those those all those feelings just stay inside of me. Right, right. That's (laughs) like we are in conflict, but you won't know (laughs) because it all gets shoved inside. Just bury it deep down. Yeah, and then I am outward towards certain people so like my fiance Mm. i'll be real pessimistic towards him which and this is i am i value authenticity but i'm also an optimist to other people Mm, yeah i'm a pessimist to myself yes a lot Mm -hmm. and it's a struggle and it's sad it makes me so stressed out and then i have to and yeah so it's like and okay we'll keep going but anyways (laughs) 
at their best, sixes are, and this is my favorite part, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> at their best, sixes are courageous, cooperative, disciplined, grounded, secure, faithful, self-expressive, funny, and affectionate. <laughs> so that's kind of like an overview mm-hmm. of Katie and me. I still can't believe we got the same score. I had a feeling reading some of the <sighs> stuff. I'm like, I bet I think we're the same. Yeah. But like a little bit, but like to but a little in different bit different, ways, ex- yeah. yeah, extents, which is more why it's cool. Mm-hmm. So the, one of the, um, maybe I'll just tell you my, what I highlighted and then you'll tell me what you highlighted. Okay. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. So, or we can just talk about it as it comes up. So I only talk about a few things because like I said, this whole, um, report is like, let's see. It's I very say, long and detailed. It's for, well keep going scrolling 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 22 pages so we're not talking about all 22 pages i'm only talking (laughs) about the parts that i don't want to share that are like too too deep recognizing sixes so they are really good with katie and i (laughs) are great with details they have a talent for seeing potential problems and dealing with them before problems get out of hand which is essentially i feel like what we do I do that in my daily life Mm -hmm. and kind of in this podcast. (laughs) Another one that stood out was they often, quote, scan their surroundings for problems, expecting that something negative could happen at any time. That's also very much me, which is like, you know, and that could be a good thing, though, too. I'm going to be defensive. Here I go. (laughs) Right. It goes back and forth. Like when I get out of my car, I have pepper spray ready. Like I'm kind of scanning my surroundings of like, you know. Is someone hiding in the bushes? Am I someone watching me when I cross the street? Like, is that car really going to stop? Like, I'm just kind of like always hyper vigilant and mm-hmm. it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It is so exhausting. And at the same time, sixes are always on the lookout for someone they can trust and that they can rely on. Mm-hmm. Exhibit Katie. Exhibit. <laughs> Air hugs. <laughs> We can, we look for someone we can trust and here we are. Um, they also want to find things out about people that are familiar and that they can relate to looking for common interests and experiences that would be the basis for trust. Exhibit podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, let's create a community of people who can relate to the feeling of trying to be prepared and not paranoid and thinking about what might happen, but not being so paranoid psychologically, just enough that they're hopefully going to survive this crazy, unpredictable life. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Uh, Yeah, it's weird because it's like, that's what I think too. It's just... And like, is it, I don't think it's bad as long as it's to an extern, an extern, wow. Extern. <laughs> a certain extent, like how yeah, it impacts exactly. your life mm-hmm. to what degree. And that's where the levels, the healthy levels come in. In brief, sixes want to have security to feel supported by others, to have certitude and reassurance, to test the attitude of others towards them, to fight against anxiety and insecurity and to have everything be predictable and as a way of defending the self from threats from the environment. Yep. I Thank mean, you. 100%. Amen. Yes. Like, why not? Let's do this. Thank you for telling me exact. This is our podcast. Yes. In a nutshell. Thank you, Enneagram Institute. These are all quoted, by the way, from the report. Yeah. In short, sixes cannot stop. This is, this is also, these next couple are like hitting too close to home. In short, sixes cannot stop second guessing themselves. Doubting what they know and consulting what amounts to an inner committee of contrary voices. Ooh, this one really hit home. The one I'm just gonna scroll ahead to the one that was like 
kind of talking about this. They second guess themselves, rechecking math that they made, uh, rechecking math they are sure they did correctly, going back to the house and making sure they lock the door, dude, or that they actually wait. Let me rephrase. Let me back up. So they second the point. Let me go back. The passion of type six can be experienced as doubt. Traditionally, this was sometimes called faithlessness, but sixes seldom trust their own minds, their capacity to know when they are in the grip of doubt. So what they're trying to say is even though we know we locked the door or we know we did the math correctly, we still go back and check it just in case. Yeah, because there's the self-doubt. There's constant self-doubt. That one like really hit home because... Um, I have developed a little bit of OCD, um, for work because we're, our lab moved to its own building now, Uh whereas before we were just renting. So we didn't have to be in charge of locking up. That's like a shared space. Yeah. Yeah. Shared space. So now it's our own separate private space and I'm the last one there. Mm. I would do, I couldn't even tell you how many times I start to drive off and I know I locked the front door. But I convince myself by the time I get to the red light that I didn't lock it. And Mm -hmm. then I turn around and I go and pull on the door handle and it's locked. I do that at least maybe like twice a week. I know. I would do that with my front door even though I'm late for work. Still stop (laughs) myself because now I have the anxiety of being late, the anxiety of maybe not locking it. And then I picture someone coming in and stealing my cat. Mm -hmm. And I just get so sad. (laughs) And then I run back and then I check it even though I know I locked it. Mm -hmm. Why? And then I have a... I have a family member that does the same thing. She's in charge of the, you know, locking up business, locking up shop, same thing. And she wants someone to witness her doing it so that she, cause she doesn't trust her own mind. So mm-hmm. I feel like if she took this test, same exact results. Yeah. My brother has that too, but I think his is actually in the OCD like, where yeah, he the does of, like yeah. multiple times. So I was telling him like what I saw on some website or something that was a kind of a cool thing. It was more for like when people go on vacation because you get that paranoia yeah. of like, did I turn the stove off? Is yeah. everything locked? <laughs> um, like you take pictures Ooh, of everything. Nice. Like, cause he was um, scared of the gas stove being on because mm. he likes to cook. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, why don't you just take a picture of it? Mm-hmm. But he like has to go through the house. Yeah. Every time before I leave, even if we've like locked the doors, we never open the back door. I'm a little OCD as well, but I'll still go check every single door because, and this is where it becomes like a little bit problematic relationship wise. <laughs> the issue I'm now seeing is that if I can't trust myself, you sure bet as heck, I do not trust everybody else to do mm-hmm. what I can't even trust myself to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm not, I think that I'm trust. I think I put that as like a doubting everybody else, but really I now know, thank you, Enneagram, it's doubting myself, Mm -hmm. but kind of also them. Yeah. (laughs) So like with my fiance, I'm like, I know you're not as caring that these doors are locked because I've gotten home before and something's a little bit not locked. And I'm like, why don't, and then it comes down to why don't you care? Mm -hmm. And I get so frustrated because I care so much. But it's you care so much about it being locked because you don't trust yourself that you had locked it in the first place. And then come to find out, like, I can't trust you to lock it either. Mm-hmm. And then I get disappointed. And then it's like a sad spiral of like pessimism, doubt, distrust. I thought I could rely on you. <laughs> Even though it's just locking a door, it happens. It was a mistake. It's human mistake. Nothing happened. Mm-hmm. But that potential of you didn't meet my criteria for preventing what may have happened. And that, and then I play that in my mind is like, 
there it is. It could have happened. And even though it didn't, I still am like, no, but it, I feel like I'm back in time. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare you risk this? Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's why, why are we like this? And then crazy thing. Oh, wait, I'm going to keep going. Okay. I'm going to come back to that. Want to know more about us and stay in the loop? Join our YNP listener letter where we will keep you up to date on new episodes, give you access to choose episode topics, and share some behind the scenes. You'll see it in your inbox first. You can join our email list by signing up on our website, www.yourenotparanoid.com. See you there. We want you to be part of our podcast. Share a story, topic, idea, or a question you'd like us to answer, and we'll feature you on the podcast. Send it to us at you'renotparanoid at gmail.com or over on Instagram at you'renotparanoid, and we'll share it on the show. Want to hear your own voice on the episode? Now you can leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash ynp. Our pod is your pod. Now back to the good stuff. So second guess themselves. What sixes really need, wait, no, I'm going to go down to this. It is a sense of having, like being a six, it is a sense of dread and despair that results in low or high level chronic anxiety and a capacity to continually conjure worst case scenarios in the imagination. Thus, sixes are habitually on the lookout for potential disasters with the result that their minds are constantly agitated did i not just describe that before dude, i even said that dude that that those two things that you just said yes. are me yes and i'm like too. oh that's anxiety yes and so and then you have it always in your mind mm-hmm. oh sorry i realize that these are the same so if you want to i don't oh, mean no. to take over like we're the same yeah yeah i know I was <laughs> same gonna, same but like, different we can like scan through okay so i think you're in the um i keep jumping the, around the a little parts bit of yeah sexes. Uh, okay yeah at their best and then i was just gonna finish on this one and what sixes really need is more inner quiet Mm. they need to cultivate a sense of peace and inner quiet that would allow them to see and deal with reality more clearly oh you know what i i liked another one that was up here. The hidden problem is that sixes are trying to calm their inner anxieties by trying to make their external world trouble-free and predictable. Mm-hmm. And they talk about, too, that's why you're always, I always, like you, <laughs> I'm always wanting to clean the house and organize it because mm-hmm. I don't feel organized and certain inside. So then, and the, maybe I'm getting more vulnerable than I thought I was going to. <laughs> Therefore, I want to organize my outside world because if the outside world is in order then I can find order within yeah I feel like that's me too and also the like because I think it says in here like the sixes want to like help others Mm -hmm. and I feel like the external order and like the external like helping people so I feel like I'm really good at that and like Mm -hmm. helping people when they're stressed out or in their emotions yes but it's like a replacement so I don't have to do that for myself exactly it's like see I made everything better out here it's like oh yeah I don't really need to focus like what how am I feeling that doesn't matter you're not gonna believe this so this is I'm gonna get so many chills this episode (laughs) so Right now in my life, I'm seeing like everything kind of come together at once and it's kind of freaking me out. So I was listening to Brene Brown on the way over here and she talks, you've probably heard this episode, she talks about high functioning anxiety Mm. and how that tends to be correlated with the firstborn. 
Oop. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ring, ring. I am the firstborn too. Was firstborn for 16 years. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> so you got it real bad. I got it real bad. I only had Where two you're years. Constantly. Oh no, I guess it's the whole time. But yeah, whatever. but <laughs> <laughs> first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's only mean. child versus only child first. versus yeah. firstborn. Yeah, we're always the firstborn. <laughs> I can do math. Excluding the twin, I may or may not have Ian. But anyways, <laughs> just kidding. The high functioning anxiety where. People tend to be either, I don't even know if high functioning is the right word, but it was you tend to elevate and go beyond your own anxieties to, like you Mm -hmm. just said, help others in a time of crisis or anxiety or like we don't want to focus on ourselves because it's easier for us to think outward. It's too scary to address our own. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, okay, well, let's just fix theirs. Let's focus on that. Is that the episode where she was talking about her mom being in the hospital? Yeah. I really identified with that where she, there's like a family emergency and then all the siblings and stuff came Mm -hmm. together. And instead of her freaking out and being scared and sad, she just like kind of like surpassed those emotions to just being the manager of the situation. Yeah. And I just, it's fresh in my mind. So she, I just listened to on the way over here. She had those feelings at first and then once she recognized that her siblings were in crisis, mm-hmm. she then took on that role. Oh, okay. So it's like that that like trigger of mm-hmm. like seeing other people needing your help, taking mm-hmm. on that like yes, I will be th- I will be the structure and support. And it kind of reminded me of myself too, like when we worked together in audits and stuff. She started out with like that whole list of like here's what we need to do for our, for mm-hmm. mom and get everything organized because her mom had like this you know heart. I think she may have had a heart attack or something like that. She says in the episode. And she's like, here's what we need to do next. And she made a whole list of priorities and tasks and assigned them. Mm -hmm. And then talking to her siblings was like, no, actually, I'll I'll just do it. Never mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll Mm -hmm. take care of it. You guys don't worry. And -hmm. I actually stopped the episode at that part because then it became like kind of emotional and I didn't want to (laughs) cry on the way over here. But I was like, I tend to be like that, too. Yeah. I would rather burden myself then burden others yeah totally and then with something that's not even like your like yours especially in that example is a family thing yeah but you still feel that need to be like you know what like i'm just gonna do everything and sometimes it comes off as controlling Mm -hmm. and this is i forgot where i think she talks about it or i read it somewhere else i don't know it's all like these things are all coming together where it was like you come off as controlling or micromanager and like all these things but really you're just trying to help Mm -hmm. even though may appear outwardly as a control freak Mm -hmm. which is sad because that (laughs) is like my aunt I hate that I'm like nobody put me and like Kylie and the word control in the same sentence please because I feel like that so Mm -hmm. I don't want to be told that Mm -hmm. I'm like that because then it's validating my fear of (laughs) being that (laughs) do you know what I mean Uh, uh, um, okay, at their best. Should we go to the good thing? Sure. I just Unless like, you want to... Is there something else you saw? There was one thing that I liked in the recognizing sixes part mm-hmm. that I've been identifying with lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and where is it? Um, oh, it's that they... Um, Sorry. Oh, I was like, what is this? <laughs> I was trying to open my coffee <laughs> quietly and I was like shaking kind of scared me. <laughs> um... Where it says that the sixes enjoy being of service and really want to contribute to the world. Yes. Um, and they approach others as if to say, I'm here for you. For you, you can count on me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the like being 
um, like the sense of belonging and wanting to be of service. I've been feeling that lately. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't know if that means like I'm like going into the more like healthy part of the six. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> or is it the like deflecting of wanting to do that help and inner work? Yes. On myself. Right. Probably both. Yeah. We're probably like kind of like electrons, how they vibrate in between mm-hmm. levels. That's kind of how I picture us is like we're jumping up to the next what is that called again the ring of oh the um is it valency yeah yeah yeah, yes valence (laughs) electrons we're such nerds the secret word is valence and then there's another thing i don't know if you said this part where i was saying that sixes are looking for someone to trust because they don't trust themselves yeah i thought that was um, that's me too a lot is that they don't have much faith in themselves mm-hmm. and their own ability. So they look outside themselves. And I think that's part of my procrastination technique as mm. well. I procrastinate. Remember we talked about yeah. that, how I procrast, I'll find myself procrastinating in ways I didn't know was considered procrastination. So like helping others or kind of immersing yourself and being that like helper in other people's lives and situations. I tend to be like a counselor. Mm-hmm. and unofficial not trained just emotionally counselor because I don't want to address my own yeah but I like helping others mm-hmm. because I don't want to but actually and that's the exact opposite of what we need mm-hmm. and like at the beginning we talked about the personality trait we tend to want to put ourselves outward and prepare and control and not control <laughs> help predict blah 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 when really we just need to like that's what we're talking about now it's just not worry so much, mm-hmm. which is hard. <laughs> it is hard. But there's a way to, they, the, the report, the Enneagram test kind of like transitions that into your, what that can look like in a healthy capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about it. <laughs> oh boy. So at their best. Healthy sixes are able to elicit strong emotional responses from others. They are engaging, friendly, and playful, truly likable, thank you, and dependable people. Me, yeah. Can we, I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> See, this is fun. I'm friendly and yeah, dependable. You got this. You're really likable. Trust me. <laughs> Healthy sixes, I love this part, are the foundation of any society. Yeah, you're, so you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome, society. They believe in cooperation and shared goals, helping to organize people and tackle problems. AKA through <laughs> us talking through these stories to make ourselves feel more prepared <laughs> and help the world a little bit. High functioning sixes combine a commitment being guided by their own inner knowing with a commitment to allowing themselves to be led wherever the truth takes them. As a result, they can become powerful influences for the greater good. I like that. Me too. It's encouraging. It is encouraging. <laughs> it's so encouraging. Did you have um, more on that? Um, let's see. I liked that the um, they bring a democratic approach to their feelings yes. with others and will fight for the powerless and disenfranchised Definitely as they true. would for themselves. Which I feel too. I have my. I was raised like that. I think that's a bit nurture for me. Yeah. Because I was raised as a kid that if you ever see someone bullying, you stand up for them. Mm. And there was like a specific. I remember there's like a couple different circumstances where I actually stood up for them and 
I was like, hell yeah. I'm like, nice. I'm the good friend, <laughs> you know, but it's weird how it's, mm-hmm. it may be deep seated. And I think I was around four, four or five. My oh. parents taught me the story. I don't remember because the teacher told them or something like that, but I don't know. I felt like I can relate to that <laughs> based on what I've been told. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. There was something else. Where was Oh, this was a, a negative one, mm-hmm. but but it's also like it it's like the how like the unhealthy can become the healthy. Are you talking like, about like the under stress six goes to an average three? No, it's still in the um the recognizing sixes. Oh, okay. Towards the bottom, so it's like how can you go from being the healthy version of helping others yeah. in those ways? But it was saying that um something else I identified with, and it says. It's part of the, like, looking outwards for the, um, like, the security. Mm-hmm. But it says that it just kind of makes... So the sixes think that's giving themselves confidence by seeking it outwardly. But in actuality, it just makes them more insecure. And then they become more self-doubting. Um, so, and then it says... The sixes will keep bouncing back and forth between depending on others and trying to prove that they are tough and independent themselves. That hit home. Yeah. (laughs) And so then it was saying, so because of this, some sixes tend to collapse into their anxiety more often, feeling fearful, anxious, dependent, and openly seeking support from others. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was funny because they call those phobic sixes. Yeah. Which was something we did, like the phobias. Phobia Fridays, yeah. Um. I had a specific example for that. When I moved out from home, my first apartment ever, I remember a specific scenario. Because I've always felt like that I was raised by, like my family was the kind, because I was the firstborn of a large family, they did a lot of things for me from a very young age. Like instead of like that self of, you know, sense of independence, it really was like, oh, do this for her, do this for her. Oh, we got this. Oh, it's okay. I got this. Oh, you got, you know, whatever. And then growing up, I felt I got a lot of mixed feedback from people of like, you only got to X, Y, and Z because you had that help. Oh. You are because you are successful or not successful or whatever, that didn't help you actually because everything was done for you. Mm. And that deep seated. <laughs> and so my funny anecdotal example is that when I moved out of my apartment, I was like, all right, I'm on this apart in this apartment with a roommate, but doing this on you know on my own. I got bed raisers for my bed. I refused help <laughs> for putting my bed on bed raisers, like those little black yeah, you know things, those box, the little things. box things. Why? Do you know how hard it is? Yes. Oh my gosh. Because I've done it by myself too. Are you kidding me? I was like, I do not want help. I'm an independent woman. I'm going to do this for myself. Don't try to stop me. Mm-hmm. And it probably took like twice to triple as long. Luckily, I didn't get hurt. It was an Ikea bed, so it was really light. But it was not easy. I could have broken my bed. Or, yeah, or like been under it trying to do yeah. something and it collapses fell. on me. Like that, that's so funny. You had that too. Yeah. I feel like I'm the opposite, but the same result. Yeah. Whereas my brother was born three years after I was born Mm -hmm. and he was like the typical baby of the family. Whereas like all through growing up, he was like, they would sit down with him and do his like homework with him every night. Like he was very 
Like, he had to have everything done for him. A lot of attention. Yeah, a lot of attention. Whereas, like, oh, Katie, she's, like, the smart one. Like, she can just do everything. And so I feel like that was, like, triggering in the sense of, like, well, like, being stubborn of, like, well, then I don't need help. So then I would (laughs) never ask for it, even if I did need it. So it's funny how those, like, that characteristic came about. But I was kind of, like the opposite and I think that's more typical and actually that's what Brene Brown talks about in her the podcast we're just just talking about that that tends to be the case where the parents tend to expect that the firstborn just takes care of everything Mm -hmm. and then the the opposite is true for the baby of the family where when they have anxiety they're under functioning excuse me in the way that the parents would say things like oh don't worry your sister's taking care of it so then Mm -hmm. they would be they would get responsibility removed from them. And yeah. so they struggle with that of being able to do things on their own or need a lot of like, like the family tends to be worried about them or they come off as really sensitive. Like it was all very mm-hmm. like specific things that I feel yeah. like having a family that is just like two of you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have the, the firstborn yeah. and the baby, it might be hitting kind of close to home. I f- yeah. And especially cause now that we're all back to living together, <laughs> like you can still kind of see the remnants of it. The family dynamics. Yeah, yeah. Of like my brother still gets like a lot more attention mm-hmm. and help. Yeah. But it's like, not like ignored, but it's just like, yeah, this like underlying like assumption that I've like, I've taken care of myself. Yeah. Like we don't need to worry about Katie. Yeah. Let's focus on, the but baby. it's like, okay, let's sit down and do your taxes together. <laughs> like still on stuff. And it's like, Oh, I already did mine. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, so you it's, are, you just handle things anyways. Yeah. Cause I'm not expecting it. Right. But that can have, it's good and it's bad too. And that's why it's yeah. cool because this is not supposed to be good or bad. It's just supposed mm-hmm. to be enlightening. Yeah. <laughs> and healthy versus unhealthy levels of mm-hmm. where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> the um the relationship issues. Yeah, too, I, I thought that. was go- <laughs> Oh, I thought that no, was go good. Go ahead, go ahead. Um what I thought was interesting <laughs> was the um it was saying that they're, they can be confusing to others and themselves <laughs> in relationships because they can seem to be unpredictable. In one moment, they feel nervous and want to be reassured that their partner is really on board with them, and they want to know that the other person is close and available, but in the next moment, they can easily feel smothered or overwhelmed by their partner and want to create some distance in the relationship. That's, that's me. Yeah, I feel like that's me too. And so it says, in short, sixes are seeking what psychologists call optimal distance. (laughs) (laughs) Arms length. Six feet. They want to keep loved ones close enough so they don't feel abandoned, but not too close that they feel engulfed by the other person. That's so true. Um, And so they do. And so they the relationship issues for sixes can include testing the other person. I don't do that. I used to do that (laughs) in the beginning. Um, Let's see. Either clamming up or not expressing their feelings or venting in a stream of, of anxieties. I feel like the first one is you, the second That's, one is me. They, the, for a relation, for like romantic relationships, I can be both. I'm usually the clamming up, but then sometimes I can be the venting. Mm-hmm. Um, easily becoming suspicious. 
reflexively doubting the goodwill of others towards them. I feel like that's from that's me, but in general, right? Not it's like, like I can. I'm like, oh my god, like you're doing something nice for me. <laughs> like, why would you do that? <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah, not it because we never expect it. Mm-hmm. So when it does happen, it's like, it's like, are you sure? Like, are you doing this because you're being nice, or are you looking for something? Yeah, and that's the spiral of worry and anxiety. I'm yeah, like, did I deserve this? Yes. Um, and then it says they also can blame people for their own anxieties and project negative motivations onto others. Yeah. Which I feel like I can do as well. I can do that too. And, uh, and actually in Brene Brown's podcast today, she talked about that where it's like that collective anxiety. Anxiety is more often seen in groups than it is in individuals. Mm. So like she was saying how research has shown that like kind of like at work, you know, if something comes up, like if we had an audit or something, and I totally, we can relate to this. If there was an audit and like, oh, like we'll be fine. But then one person has that, wait, what about this? And then we all collectively start to feel that anxiety Mm. that one person projects and it spreads like wildfire. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that's true. I feel like, I don't know if that's a thing of sixes or whatever, but I feel like I am more of an empath, whereas, like, I very easily take on the emotions of people around me, mm-hmm. and it's, like, hard for me to differentiate, like, just because you're feeling a little depressed right now doesn't mean that I have to, but it's, like, so much easier for me. It's almost like it just, like, seeps. You, like, suck it out. Like, like into me, Let yeah. me help you by yeah. becoming you. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, and then I do the opposite, or I feel like I do the opposite, where I'm, like, let me... I'm going to, I'm going to elevate myself above this and look at it at like a non-emotional, like, let's, let's solve this. Even Mm -hmm. though some things don't need to be solved. Sometimes people just need to talk about it. Yeah. And I'm like, no, there's a solution here that we need to find. It's like, no, no, I just need to digest this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, no. Yeah. I have, I have the answers, but not everybody's answers are the same. Mm -hmm. That's what I struggle with because I feel like everyone has their own version of truth Mm -hmm. or solutions things and it's just not true yeah that's hard to that is hard I was I I don't know if it was a podcast but it was something of like yeah if someone is going through something tough of like here's how you can be like a good listener Mm -hmm. and like you shouldn't offer like the solution or the advice or anything but I feel like that's me too of like like if my boyfriend's like, oh, I had a bad day, like this, this, and this. I'm like, okay, well, then you should do this, this, and this. But yeah. it's like he doesn't want that. He just wants to be able to, like, talk to me about it. Right. So I think that's hard, too. And I'm annoying in that. <laughs> or not annoying. Um, working on. Let's say that. I'm working on that because I will be the solution finder, like you just said. However, I don't want anyone to find my solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it's like he throws it back to me and I'm, I'm like, I know, a, but I don't need to hear it. Right. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Isn't that ironic? It's just, ah, oh. or such, what do you call that? Hypocrites? Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't like the word hypocrite, but I feel a little bit hypocritical. Mm-hmm. We want to dish it, but we can't take it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like we definitely, like, you know, if you want to play with the big dogs, you can't play, hang with the big dog, stay on the porch. Like, I am stay should be staying on the porch, but still I'm throwing myself in. I know, I'm staying on the getting, porch, but I'm barking very loudly. Exactly, <laughs> yes. We're, you're your anxious dog. <laughs> That's what I'm reading all this stuff and, like, how much anxiety came up in it. I'm like, oh, my God, is my dog picking up on my anxiety instead of the other way around? Oh, no, maybe a little bit. Right now yeah. she's chill. But. So I'm like, oh, I need to be calmer. Yeah. There is, and that's where 
This is the hidden side. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, wait. The, pa- the, the angst. T- the angst, yes. Yeah, this one was tough. <laughs> so I just took out a piece of it. It says, it is a sense of dread and despair that results in low or high level chronic anxiety and a capacity to continually, I already said that. I already said that. Oh, I think I was looking at the best. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> at their best. Unless you wanted to talk about the angst. Uh, I think it's kind of the same thing of like the sixes seldom trust their own minds. Yeah. Their own capacity to know. Yes. When they're in doubt. They second guess themselves. Yeah, we did that. So that's me a lot. Ooh, this, this last sentence. Two sentences. The more angst, the more anxious sixes become the more their minds become worked up and the less they're able to access the quiet inner knowing that would give them clarity about what to do. Mm. I think I had the wrong inflection on that because I word, word, read that weird, but <laughs> the less they're able... Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I like the last uh, sentence too. And I was like, oh, our podcast. Yes, they question <laughs> even... Yes. Once doubt sets in, sixes fear that the sense of support systems will not be there for them, even though that's exactly what we need. Mm -hmm. They question even their most ardent supporters as their doubt gives way to growing suspicion or even paranoia. I was like, damn you. How dare you use the P word in my analysis? How dare you label me as that word? I'm not paranoid. (laughs) And yet here we are. Here we are. I know. That was a breakthrough moment. I'm like, are we saying that we are paranoid? I think. (laughs) This is, but it just, it's a, it's a metaphor, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's a clinical paranoia. There's like an emotional paranoia. We probably have a little bit of everything, but (laughs) is it wrong? (laughs) Because the context of paranoid is what we're trying to argue. Is it wrong to want to lock your doors? <laughs> is it wrong to carry a pepper spray? No. Should we engulf ourselves in that? Yeah. Also, no. No. And that's what we're working on. And that's mm-hmm. why we're doing this episode. Yeah. Because I think at the beginning of our podcast, we did tend to be a little bit fear-mongering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not in the way, I think fear-mongering is not the right word. We l- indulged. Fear positive. <laughs> We indulged, not indulge, that's not even the right word either. It is what it is. We, we, true, we do true crime. We do scary things. Like, we like that stuff because it's feeding into the things that are our biggest fears. But at least it's not ourself. Yeah, seriously. You know? Mm-hmm. So we're ignoring ourselves by thinking about all the other scary things. Mm-hmm. And we like that because it's like, you know. Because the most scary thing is inside yeah. of us. <laughs> <laughs> like, we would rather talk about murders than our own insecurities dude if that's not like a good like one sentence that's essentially yes literally like that's true but this is what this is what we're trying to do full circle is that we've learned and if you've grown with us then you've seen our transition periods where Mm -hmm. start out real scared and now we're like okay these are horrible things obviously but let's not let's not create a world in our own minds that this means it's going to happen to us. Or mm-hmm. this means that, like, yes, the world is unpredictable. And we have to embrace that. And that's hard to embrace. Mm-hmm. We don't like that. But that's what we talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
again, isn't it ironic because we are talking about the thing that is the scary thing, but the fix is to not talk about it, but we want to, this is our outlet. Yeah. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. So instead of, instead of us feeling like this constantly, let's just put it all, just purge it into an episode a week Mm -hmm. and get it out. And maybe people who also want to purge it or don't know what to purge or just want to hear <laughs> the purging, the purging <laughs> our purging community, mm-hmm. sense of community. Our Here we are. Our purge <laughs> so gross. Yeah. But not purge community in the way. Wait, is purge the same as that movie worth the violence? Mm-hmm. Okay, not that purge. Um, the the emotional purge. Yeah, metaphorical emotional purging. Anyways, you get it. Ah, that felt good. Oh, man. Let's talk about our good traits. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, at our best, do you want to talk about this or do you don't want me to go first? Um, you can do it. Okay, I'll just tell you my <laughs> highlighted parts. Okay. Healthy sixes are able to elicit, did I already say this? Oh, I did say that, that they're did strongly, you? yes, okay. I bounced around a, bu- a bunch. I, I like did the- say this earlier, but I'm just going to say it again. Do it. High-functioning sixes... Wait, I'm just going to read that. Okay. High functioning sixes become self-confident and self-affirming. They trust themselves and have learned self-reliance and independence because they know that they deeply, they are deeply grounded in the limitless support of being faith in this inner support and sense of guidance leads to a positive life affirming attitude. Often I keep burping manifesting itself (laughs) as outstanding courage and leadership. This is my favorite. High-functioning sixes combine a commitment being guided by their own inner knowing with a commitment to allowing themselves to be led wherever the truth takes them. As a result, they can become powerful influences for the greater good. Mm. I'm like giving myself chills. I know. Just like hearing (laughs) you read it, I'm like, oh, that's what I want to strive to be. Yes. And we are that. Yeah, it's in us. You know how, like, when you're looking at people who do, like, the soundboard, the mixing board, we're just Mm -hmm. at different levels. Yeah. So it's just a matter of, like, tuning one up, tuning one down. Mm -hmm. I think we don't always have so much control, but that inner knowing and that going within is how we'll be able to control the soundboard of our own emotions and Mm -hmm. feelings. I like that analogy. Thank you. It just came to me. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's something I've been, like, search. It's funny because it's, like, I feel like I've been more recently searching for that inner knowing but like externally yes and it's like I've bought all these books and stuff and it's kind of that procrastination thing of like I don't want to know what's inside (laughs) so those books have just been sitting there but like after reading this it's like a more positive like there's nothing to be afraid of and it's like you shouldn't feel bad for being in the quote like unhealthy part because this whole time all of this stuff is in you it is it's always been there and it can be it's just Push it up on the soundboard. Mm-hmm. Turn up the level on the healthy parts. Turn down yeah. the... So I'm reading, and it's funny because same thing. We're in that same like level. I feel like at the beginning of the pandemic, I was a really unhealthy six. And I feel like over this quarantine period, I've tried to figure out, like you are saying, yeah. the books and the this and the research and the quizzes and everything. Because I want to understand myself because now we're alone with our thoughts way more mm-hmm. often, not seeing people all the time or constantly being stimulated by events and social gatherings and everything. I bought, finally, Glennon Doyle's Untamed. <gasps> Have you started it? I 
mother effing love it. Oh, I laugh. We should do an I app cry. episode about it. I scream. I laugh. I, I said that already, but I like laugh out loud, like LOL, mm-hmm. literally. <laughs> it's it's insane. And my fiance would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, like, what's your problem? And it's just, it's, it's so, and I, I couldn't, Glennon Doyle is such a master craft of, mm. like crafter of words. Yes. And just so elegant in like what she says to the point and exactly what you're looking, not even, not even what you're looking for, what you're not looking for and what you're mm-hmm. too afraid to admit or say, Yeah, but in her own life. And then I feel like everybody, and that's also like my fiance, cause it's kind of like, it's kind of geared towards women because it's mm-hmm. like talking about untamed and the cheetah and all that. I'm like, but you, I feel like guys should read this mm-hmm. if not to understand themselves better, if they can't pot, like relate exactly to at least see what women go through in their own minds. Mm, often that's a good times. point. I just, I so want him to understand me on deeper levels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, please read this. Yeah. And she has that good section on guys too, or boys and how it's almost the opposite. Yes. How they're Boy. told, like she talks about she their like sham- turns off the yeah. emotions. Uh, turn off your emotions. She made a good metaphor. Or she gave a great example how she just was in the bathroom looking at their, her kids, um, like, uh, body wash and the body wash for the men was like, you know, all bold letters, all caps, like, you know, all these things that were like telling them how to be a man. Like mm-hmm. be in control. Like the the descriptors were very like strong, manly, you know, things. Mm-hmm. Whereas the women's her daughter's body body wash was incursive and whimsical mm-hmm. and lovely. And it's like there's so much more to it than that. Mm-hmm. But what I was gonna say about Glennon Doyle was she just in the chapter I read last night, she talks a lot about pain and going through that and the difference between pain and suffering and like her how it helped her get to the point where she is now is finding that inner knowing Mm. and finding that inner knowing through quiet which is and I'm kind of making this about me for a second but that tied in with Brene Brown's podcast which obviously they have an episode together anyways but and then this whole finding your inner knowing or finding your, I think they talk about that in this, um, ugh, in this test analysis, the Enneagram test about finding your own inner knowing and your own, not needing that com- inner committee of figuring out whatever. Mm-hmm. Just once you find that inner peace, that's what sixes are striving for is to find inner peace within. So then they can project that um, out. Yeah. And I've been, so then that book, Untamed by Glennon Doyle, Brene Brown's podcast, this quiz, and I've been doing the Daily Calm app Mm. for like the last, you know, eight days consistently every single morning. I'm like, that's my, like literally my calm, like my 10 minutes of peace and quiet has transformed my personal thought process. And like just that recognizing of when you do have anxieties that they're just thoughts. I think we talked about this. Let them go. Like, don't embrace, like your thoughts are not who you are. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because I'm like, I think it's all kind of coming together for me in mm-hmm. a way that I didn't purpose. I didn't plan. I didn't try, but I feel like I'm seeking it mm-hmm. because I, I don't know what I need, but it's nice because I feel like I'm getting the affirmation that it, it is, is what I yeah. need. <laughs> I know. I, I really like that. I feel like that I've been trying to do that too. And I feel like a weird, like, cause 
because I do work alone, for the most part, I can listen to podcasts. So I've been listening to like a lot of the Brene Brown, the Kathy Heller, like a lot of these like positive, like self-realization. Yeah. And I feel like there is this little, and I guess now it's like the inner self. I feel like there's a little like calm little sprout growing within me. And I feel like a little bit more of like a quiet confidence of just like, I think I'm on the right path. Yes. And I'm like, it feels good, but. Um, there's something I, re- I don't know if I'm going to say it right, but it kind of, um, is something I thought of when you were saying that mm-hmm. where I forget who it is and I'm probably not saying it right, but it was like, go the, for it anyways. Your twenties are for like, it's almost like what you think you should be doing. And then like your thirties are like realizing what it actually is. You like should or want or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like the forties are like the reaping the. The benefits of that, like the 20s and 30s of discovery. Oh, it gives me the chills (laughs) so much. So I feel like, like turning 30 and stuff, not like 30, 30 and thriving, like huge revelation. But there is something of like, kind of shedding that like younger, less confident person. Yes, and feeling like the permission or whatever. Yes, of like going forward. Yeah removing that permission or feeling mm-hmm. of needing permission from yourself and from others. Mm-hmm. And just, I've been doing that lately for myself too, of like when I get anxious, which apparently is all the time, <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> taking a step back and even like my, I'm all congested, my daily calm app. Like I talk about it all the time now with my fiance and he like laughs at me, but he also is like, Oh, like I'm glad it's helping you. Cause now he's happier too. <laughs> Well, but that's projecting of like yeah. your like I feel like yeah you project what you're feeling on the inside and you so. can't not talk about it because mm-hmm. you feel so good mm-hmm. and it's I'm just gonna embrace that. <sighs> what was I saying? It was like calm. Uh, shoot, I was talking about oh permission yeah. and oh so whenever I'm feeling anxious, they talk about what is your actual reality right now? Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes the things that you're getting anxious about or anticipating like the quiz tells us or the Enneagram tells us we're doing isn't and has never and will never happen. Mm-hmm. So why spoil your current now? Wasting, wasting that time. and not embracing the beautifulness of right now mm-hmm. by worrying about something that never does happen. And then, then you get shameful because you're like, wow, I wasted all that time yes. worrying over something that never did happen. Mm-hmm. But then it cycles back through. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so this is us trying to break that cycle. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It is. It's relieving to know you don't have to be anxious. Mm-hmm. It's also relieving to know why you're anxious. Yes. Because then the problem solvers that we want to be want to fix that. Mm-hmm. I think that's just also what drives us. Like they're saying yeah. you're good and you're bad. Like we want to fix other people. But once you realize that you actually not fix, that's so awful. Once you want to help other people, mm-hmm. See, and that's that's probably a subconscious real thought I have yeah. is that people need to be fixed mm-hmm. and that I need to be fixed. But mm-hmm. really, it's not. Mm-mm. It's just a why live up to these expectations and trying to seek permission over something that doesn't need to be mm-hmm. and accepting that. Yes. And letting yourself get such a weight lifted, I feel mm-hmm. like. Yeah, that's why I feel like lately <sighs> I feel almost just lighter, yeah. like walking around, yeah. like physically. And I'm like, why is that? It's like, oh, because I've been very 
purposeful of what I'm listening to and like what I'm trying to say or like allowing myself to like what thinking paths because I didn't even really realize that the like mapping out worst case scenarios and always like thinking in that way is a form of anxiety yeah I thought that was like a positive attribute of like see I'm being prepared yeah so that was kind of like a a big realization taking this test yeah so I'm like oh yeah I don't have to do that <laughs> like you don't and like I think and like there's a good part of that from like an evolutionary standpoint and that's mm-hmm. why this I think they talk about a little bit about that too or I've read it somewhere else maybe but that concept of trying to be prepared and predict actually has been a way for humans to get to where we are today. Yeah, and I feel like that's the uh, extreme version of preparedness. Should someone who lives in California have maybe an earthquake kit? Yes. Is that being too far-fetched or paranoid? No. But, like, thinking of 50,000 different ways... Your one day could go wrong. Yeah, which is what we do. <laughs> yeah, which or that's not that's not being prepared. Yeah, that's or like beyond exactly. And like that, there was no sentence in here, and I oh here it is. I think it was like with their uh, about sixes with their minds revved up in a hyper vigilant state. It's almost impossible for sixes to relax so that they can perceive how clearly how to attend the actual challenges they need to address at any given time. I think that's me too. Yeah, it's like the brain block of. Or like the fog yeah. of what I think is being prepared is actually preventing me from just kind of dealing with the real issues. Correct. In like Brene Brown's, again, episode today, she gave a really great example where this had to do with like the firstborn, you know, firstborn theory where when parents tell you like not living that hypervigilant state, she gave an example of like, you know, when you're at home and you your parents see there's a paper on the floor her parent would say something like hey pick up that paper you don't want your brother to slip oh. and break his neck mm. when so then you're constantly hearing or hey close the toilet lid you don't want your siblings to drown so then we're living in this state of because we were I mean I was I had parents that did that not even on purpose like they don't no, even yeah, do that yeah. on purpose mm-hmm. but they're teaching us. That's their way of teaching us. Like, here's what you need to think about possible consequences. But our personality type sucks that up and is like calculating, <laughs> predicting futures. Therefore, everything I see, instead of it being like a, you know, oh, like, don't watch out for that bottle. Like, you don't want it to fall over. I'm going to be like, that bottle's going to break if it falls over and it's going to be glass and they're going to step in it. And then the dogs are going to get in their paws and then we're all going to be yeah. upset. And they're gonna but the vet's not open. Yeah. And then we take it like 30 things through and it's never even happens. Mm-hmm. That's my issue. Yeah. And uh, it could be good in some circumstances, mm-hmm. like surviving or, yeah. you know, so watching out for someone following you or, you know, pepper spray. Like those are just the easiest th- pepper, pepper, <laughs> pepper spray. Pepper. Like those are like the easy ones, but knowing where to draw that line. Yeah. I think where it goes from wanting to enjoy yourself to, you know, being vigilant, hypervigilant unnecessarily mm-hmm. or cho- making that choice to enjoy and embrace and relax because what is life if you're not, if you're always on that hyper expected predictability state? Mm-hmm. I feel like um, we would be good spies. Oh, hell yeah. 
<laughs> but why? <laughs> what, I was like, but why? Because of all the negative things <laughs> of hypervigilant, planning out the 50 million ways things could go wrong. Is someone following me? Yeah. Hey, that door wasn't open like that before. Yeah. I feel like that. I wonder if that's part of the psychological evaluation for if they do yeah. that for. Uh, Probably. <laughs> Be like, tell me all the ways this can go wrong. Dear but, CIA, I have scored as a six. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I was just thinking also the job that we had together before. I mean, you're still at that job. But when I was there, too, and even in my current job, we to design like protocols or steps in a process or to help people. We're always thinking what are what mistakes are people making mm, yeah. or what might go wrong when we're tra- like when for training somebody. Are they going to remember to do this? Oh, we have to think about what might be missing. Oh, did I follow every single step? Did I do this? Did I do that? So we're not only are we already like that, but we also are mi- immerse ourselves in that yeah, environment. Our job allows that kind of thinking to go on yeah and did we do that subconsciously or did we do that because we're seeking that investigation I mean you have like investigation in yours right so you're like and I want to help people so like I'm in like a you know supporting I'm in like a support position where I do help people with their problems with our products so it's kind of funny how those all tie Mm -hmm. together so interesting Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, I I like the examples page, like other people who oh, have. I didn't get that. I was oh, like, how didn't... do you know that True. they are? That's a great. I just embraced it. <laughs> oh, I was like, mm. I was like, hell yeah. Well, I think this maybe the enneagram does go back pretty far. I could be wrong, but so our examples. I only highlighted the ones I liked. Little did I know that you'd be able to see all of the examples. <laughs> I was like, I'm only going to tell Katie the ones that I think are worth saying. But I'm going to say the ones that aren't. Oh, my gosh. I I highlighted Mark Twain, Mm -hmm. Sigmund Freud, Robert F. Kennedy, Malcolm X, George Bush, Diana, Princess of Wales, J.R.R. Tolkien, Tolkien, Mike Tyson, Bruce Springsteen, I skipped Bono, (gasps) Eminem, (laughs) Marilyn Monroe, Mark Wahlberg, Julia Roberts, and Jennifer Aniston, hell yeah, and Chris Rock. Yeah, so I don't know how they know these people, unless this is a cult, and they're a part of it, and they've <laughs> taken all the test. It. Yeah, I think maybe, yeah, that's a great question. But there's a ton, actually, in these. Yeah, there's um, not some so great ones. Yeah, not so great. I skipped them. So like, oh, they must be very unhealthy. Right. Sixes. But those are quite, it's quite a diverse group. Yeah. And what's kind of funny is they're all people... I mean, I guess they're only telling you famous people anyways, but I was going to say they're all in like movies. Well, they also gave characters. So I don't know how the characters would have. Yeah, like Frodo Baggins. Unless, yeah. And <laughs> George Costanza. And George Costanza. So I don't know if they're just like picking out the traits. The traits. I think so. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. All right. I kind of want to see. It's funny because I was real excited for the compatibility, but knowing that we're the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't, but they have a compatibility comparison for each one. Sorry, was there anything else no. specific? Okay. So the loyals with the loyalist. I didn't actually read it yet because I thought it would be a different. I was thinking it might be a different result. <laughs> I just read the first sentence and it made me laugh and also cry internally. Oh, I still can't believe that we're the same. 
I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I always want it to be different. So again, I want it to be like, let's discover something new. But really, it's like diving deep into what we know in our hearts mm-hmm. and our guts. I think it's kind of more in the context of like, like relationships, but I think relationships could also be friends. Yeah, I think so. Right. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, the second paragraph, I feel like that's true. Yeah. Because trust is extremely important to both sexes. Mm-hmm. Once it has been established, it allows them to relax and enjoy themselves as they do with few others. I feel like that's true. Because I do have, uh, because trust is very important to me. I do not let a bunch of people in. Loyalty, so commitment, and a you're my friend, no questions asked attitude reinforces the feelings of security and safety <laughs> that they build together. AKA asking you to be a bridesmaid. Mm-hmm. Uh, be my friend I think, forever. I was thinking the like no questions asked. It was like, where do we need to bury the body? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But we're not doing that. No, but, we won't but do it's that. We'll just be um, it's not funny. It's not funny. It's a com it's a <laughs> We'll just go to the wedding. Shoot. We're going to go to a wedding and not bury my fiance's body wet. Oh, I wasn't just <laughs> saying specifically who. I'm just kidding. I love him very much. What's our problems? What is our problems? Uh-oh. Well, I don't think that's true for me. Emotionally reactive. Oh, the six couples. Maybe. Oh, no. It says or professional. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. The fear Sometimes, begins to feed off yes. each other. Double six pairs can yeah get into worst case scenarios and other forms of catastrophizing. That's a great word. <laughs> Each magnifying problems until they both feel like crises are everywhere and that they are doomed. Oh shoot! And this is you're not paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and they may arbitrarily take an action, any action that promises to relieve their anxiety. AKA you're not paranoid podcast. <laughs> On the other hand, they can become indecisive and fall into a de- <laughs> shit. Stalemate. Oh, in confusion, unable to act and unable to get some perspective on their problems. Um, I don't know. We're not edgy or argumentative with each other. No, and I don't think Outwardly. we're emotionally reactive. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear what I said? Yeah. <sighs> And yeah, I tend to, I know that you tend to internalize. So then I tend to externalize Uh. in hopes of bringing out your internal parts. That sounds (laughs) gross. Your internal feelings. Yeah. Do you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry if that gets annoying. it's okay. Yeah. And so I tend to be the one that's like, Katie, is this good? Katie, I need need you to confirm. Katie, what about this? Katie, what about that? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's good. I got you. And so I feel like those parts that are like needing that, that like support Uh. and even dress shopping, I'm like... Mm -hmm. Tell me that, like, give, I'm now at that point in my life, I used to think, I went through this phase, right, where I needed support, or people were supportive, and then I'm, like, independent, and then I'm, like, I don't like this, tell me that I'm doing good. So I'm, like, full circle, Mm -hmm. and then at some point, I'll find it within me to be confident in everything that I believe in, in myself. Mm -hmm. But right now, I'm fluctuating in that unhealthy, healthy middle period of, like, gaining confidence like help me get confidence but then like you said Mm -hmm. seeking that confidence from others is what actually makes me less confident Mm -hmm. because I'm never addressing it myself Mm -hmm. (sighs) that's exhausting (laughs) emotionally exhausting (laughs) we don't have any yellings or outbursts or arguments that's not true 
Mm-mm-mm. We do have <laughs> some nervous pessimism, yeah. but I also <laughs> think we worried. know, <laughs> but we do know each other that we can get like that. So I yeah. think we also try to not be that mm-hmm. for each other. Yeah. <laughs> Which is that thing we're trying to help other people but yeah. ourselves, but really we're doing the same thing, which is the opposite of what we both need. <laughs> oh my God. Revelation. Uh, this is crazy. I don't know if anyone understood what I just said. I did. I know you do. You get me. <laughs> do y'all get it? Do you guys get us? Now we can say, now it really is a we're not paranoid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it started out as a your. Mm-hmm. So the collective you, but it, now it's a we're. A we're. That would be, I feel like, our episode, we're, we're. kind of paranoid. <laughs> We've been diagnosed. We've, we understand ourselves. Ah, oh, gosh. For further understanding, oh, read more about the stress arrow. No, thanks. <laughs> Let's ignore that. Oh, man. Each person also inspires the other as each works for the other's welfare and happiness, often more energetically than they would for on their own alone. Did we yeah. not just say that? Yeah. That's creepy. Dude. Okay. And that is why y'all should take the Enneagram test. Yeah. Because it's... it's oh. Wow. It's in a, it sounds daunting at the beginning, but I really don't think it took 40 minutes. No, it took and like... The, another thing that they do say is to not think about it too much. Mm-mm. So you just kind of like... Like quick gut reactions, like what am I for this question? Not who you want to be? No, yeah. Or don't try to cheat the system because I feel like even if you did, it somehow <laughs> be the same answer. Yeah. <laughs> that like would be creepy. Yeah, well, it's like it's like a fake test just to like pretend, but really they're just like actually entering. Yeah, minds. and then it's like your thing will be like you uh, p- try to portray yourself as someone else. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> it probably oh, does. It. it probably does so to some extent. I have like. Full body chills because it just feels good. If yeah. nothing else, the good or the bad, you know, I'm not going to say ugly. The good, the bad, the unhealthy, the healthy. Being understood by others feels good, but trying to understand yourself feels so much better. Mm-hmm. And then that's what I like, too, of the, like, the healthier you can be in yourself with your traits, then that's when the true helping of others can happen. Exactly. Like once you're good with yourself kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And like the saying too, of like, you can't love anyone until you love yourself. Yeah. And I forgot where I saw this, but it was, I think it may have even been in, um, Glennon Doyle's book where it's like, truly you should put on your own oxygen mask before you put on your child's <laughs> or anyone else's oxygen mm-hmm. mask. Like it is, you do have to help yourself. Yeah. Cause you can't help, help anyone if you're dead or passed out. Yeah. Or, you know, just in your own mind and, or not in your own mind, if you're constantly helping other people. You'll never help yourself. I'm going to end, or we can end it with like the healthy, with the healthiest level one of a level nine, like the top level healthiest of a level nine. Or I keep saying nine, it's a six. I'm dyslexic. I'm dyslexic in my brain. Do you ever get that? Yeah. So I'm visualizing a nine, or I'm visualizing a six, but I'm saying nine because I'm inverting it. I'll have the directions weird, where in my mind I'll say, oh, turn left here if I'm helping someone. (laughs) And then they start to turn left. I'm like, no, what are you doing? (laughs) So like in my mind, like I thought I said, because right. you're like, don't turn left. Yeah, <laughs> and then you say left. I'm like, oh no, 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 this is the other way. Exactly. <laughs> level one or level six is at their best. They become self-affirming, trusting of self and others, 
independent yet symbiotically interdependent and cooperative as an equal. Belief in self leads to true courage, positive thinking, leadership, and rich self-expression. I like it. I love it. I think it can be achieved in our podcast. Yes. Through our own minds and mental health. Mm -hmm. We can do it. We can do it. You can do it. I would love to hear, or actually I was going to ask and pay for, because I'm like, just take it, my fiance to take this test, Mm -hmm. because I really want to see what he gets. I'm like, are we compatible? (laughs) We're engaged, but are we compatible? How hard am I going to have to work? I'm just kidding. That sounds horrible. I'm going to work hard, obviously. Yeah, I was telling my boyfriend he should take it too. It's cool. It is interesting. I feel like generally guys don't want to look at like into themselves, Mm -hmm. their health or their mental. Yeah. Whoa. That was my (laughs) belly. My gut is like, that's right. (laughs) But maybe we'll make them take it and then later on come back to that. Maybe even that's like a little half episode or something just to like remind ourselves or see if we're compatible. It'll be the make or break. Are we getting married? I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I have a dark sense of humor. That was crazy. That was good. Oh, man. Well, thank you, everybody, for hearing yeah. us talk about ourselves, which we're, it's not our personality type either. I, yeah, that's it's true. It's hard. It is hard. But once you start, it helps that we're the same. Mm-hmm. That made it more fun. This would have been a really long episode if that's we're two true. different people. Be like, actually, I'm not like that. Or you're yeah. not like that. We're like, no, um, we are. Yeah, but my problem <laughs> is actually. Here's my problem with you. <laughs> the test is saying this, but actually, no. Actually, oh, man. No. Good times, good times. If you guys have taken the Enneagram test. And want to share which level you are. (laughs) Or, yeah. Or if you can relate. Or mm -hmm. if you have tips or advice for people like us who are sixes. Sixes. As also a six in softball in high school. I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, you were number Number six. six. I was six. I I thought you were saying something (laughs) of like. Six years old? No, like a. Like six was something like a term in softball. And I'm like, I'm not familiar. Oh, that's really funny. No, just coincidentally, I was number six in high school. See, there you go. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it knew. But that's just me seeking seeking patterns and coincidences (laughs) because I love that. It all has meaning. Indeed, it does. And now we know why. (laughs) So thank you for listening. Thank you. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. During the episode, we shared this week's secret word. Did you hear it? Every Friday, we'll post a story on Instagram at You're Not Paranoid, and we'll ask you for the secret word. All you have to do is go to that Instagram story and reply with the week's secret word. Then you're officially entered to win the YNP sticker pin pack. Listen to the following Monday's episode, and if you hear your Instagram handle, then you're the winner of the week. The sticker pin packs are super rad, so get listening. Hey, we just wanted to let you know how much we appreciate your support. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to support us, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and subscribe to our podcast. Every rating and review helps us grow our podcast and grow our community. Thanks again.